The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm John Tucker. Here are the stories we're following today. The first group of Israeli hostages is expected to leave the Gaza Strip soon in a deal that's meant to return 50 of the nearly 240 captives that Hamas took from Israel. Israel plans to release 150 jailed Palestinians. All involved are women and people under the age of 19. This stop in fighting is intended to last for four days. It marks the first major lull in this war since it began October 7th. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says the military offensive will go on after that. We hope to get this first uh, tranche out, and then we're committed to getting everyone out, but we'll continue with our war aims, namely to uh, eradicate Hamas, because Hamas has already promised that they will do this again and again and again. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says he has delivered that same message in a phone call to President Biden. And along with the hostage release, the deal will also allow for more aid into Gaza. Bloomberg's owner aunt says the humanitarian aid is critical for the people in Gaza. The very first trucks uh, that went in were carrying cooking gas, which obviously is very critical uh, for more than 2 million people who are currently uh, living in Gaza in what the UN uh, calls a dire humanitarian situation. Bloomberg's owner Ant reports Palestinians were emerging from temporary shelters and crowded the streets of southern Gaza as the aid trucks entered. Back in the U.S., we want to bring you an update from the events that unfolded on the Rainbow Bridge at Niagara Falls this week. New York Governor Kathy Hochul says that bridge is back open after a car explosion on Wednesday killed two people and closed that crossing between the U.S. and Canada. Hochul says there is no sign of terrorism so far. She adds a suspect with ties to western New York has been identified. Investigation will determine if the blast was intentional or an accident. Well, the holiday shopping season kicks into full swing today with shoppers searching for Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals. Deloitte's annual Thanksgiving survey finds consumers plan on spending an average almost $570 on both days. That's up 13% from last year. And Burt Flickinger, managing director with Strategic Resource Group, says shoppers are feeling confident. However, they're using a new tool this shopping season. It's going to be buy now, pay later. 15% of all purchases will be that way. And consumers are still taking on credit card debt. But 63% of consumers uh, will be buying with debit card and trying to put less on credit as interest rates have climbed. And the average household has 17000 in revolving unpaid credit card debt. Bert Flickinger with Strategic Resource Group says many consumers plan to do much of their shopping during Black Friday and Cyber Monday in order with uh, their spending limits. Well, traders are going to be following the traditional kickoff of the holiday shopping season today, as well as S&P Global Manufacturing PMI data. That comes after the eco-data dump we saw on Wednesday. It showed a drop in jobless claims and expectations that inflation will climb from the University of Michigan sentiment poll. The bond market is open till 2 p.m. Wall Street time today, and the New York Stock Exchange and the Nasdaq close at 1. And we're also following financial news in Europe this 
morning, starting in the banking sector. Barclays aiming to reduce costs by as much as $1.3 billion over the next several years and could cut up to 2,000 back office jobs. That's about 2% of its workforce. This according to a report from Reuters. And Bloomberg's Jenny Sardane says investors are looking for a renewed strategy after a disappointing third quarter. I think a lot of this is driven by investors just really being unhappy with how this company has been run. And so you've got, you know, uh, Venkata Krishnan, their CEO, who's really looking at trying to take some big, bold moves here and promising that he's going to have a strategy update that will really make clear how to bring Barclays out of this position that they're in. Bloomberg's Jenny Strange says Barclays could make more cuts in other areas outside the back office. Barclays share is down about 11.5% this year. And checking those shares now, John, they're up about a, a half percent uh, in the pre-market in London. Staying in Europe, the economic picture is getting darker in Germany. The German government is suspending a constitutional limit on net new borrowing for a fourth straight year as it struggles to recover from an energy-induced downturn last winter. This move to lift the so-called debt break will be part of a revised 2023 budget. Chancellor Olaf Scholz's government was forced into a radical budget overhaul after a ruling last week from the nation's top court. And turning to Asia, the Chinese government ramping up pressure on banks to support struggling real estate developers. Bloomberg's David Inglis has more. We hear China may allow banks to offer unsecured short-term loans to qualified developers for the first time. These so-called working capital loans would offer funds for day-to-day operations. The loans are different from other types of debt that require land or assets as collateral. We reported that authorities are finalizing this list of developers eligible for that aid. Sources say the list includes Country Garden and Sino Ocean Group. Country Garden shares jumped 24% yesterday on word that it was included in that list. In Hong Kong, I'm David Inglis, Bloomberg Radio. Okay, David, thanks. Earlier this week, OPEC Plus pushed back a gathering to finalize output levels for next year by four days to November 30th. Now the group says that meeting will take place online. And now it's time to take a look at some of the other stories making news around the world with Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. In Ireland, violent clashes broke out in central Dublin after a five-year-old girl was seriously injured in a knife attack that also saw a woman and two other young children hospitalized. Police said the attack happened near a school. Soon after, at least 100 people took to the streets, some armed with metal bars. Police said over 400 officers, including many in riot gear, were deployed in Dublin city centre to contain the unrest. The head of the Irish police, Garda Commissioner Drew Harris. We have a complete lunatic hooligan faction uh, driven by far-right uh, ideology and also then this disruptive tendency here and engage then in serious violence. Commissioner Harris says a person of interest, a man in his 50s, was arrested at the scene. New York City Mayor Eric Adams has been accused of sexually assaulting a woman in 1993. The three-page legal document does not contain details of the alleged assault. Adams denied the allegations. Absolutely not true. Uh, you know, I would, I would, I would never do anything to harm uh, anyone, and uh, just really uh, say, you know, my career speaks for itself. The suit comes just hours before New York's Adult Survivors Act expires, which eliminates the statute of limitations for accusers of sexual abuse to come forward. The filing seeks a trial and five million dollars in relief.
Evacuation orders have been lifted near the scene of a tanker train derailment in eastern Kentucky. The train's operator, CSX, says 16 cars went off the rails Wednesday afternoon near the small town of Livingston. Dustin Heiser with Kentucky Emergency Management. Throughout this entire event, um, the safety of the public has been our number one concern. The derailment sent dangerous fumes into the air. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres is visiting Antarctica just before the COP28 climate talks begin. Guterres called the continent's warming devastating. Warming air and ocean temperatures are causing Antarctic ice to melt. Global News 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael. Thanks. You can get much more Bloomberg on your dashboard with the new Bloomberg Business app featuring Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. You get access to every Bloomberg podcast, live audio feeds from Bloomberg Radio, even print stories in audio form from Bloomberg News. Download it from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Connect your phone to your car and get started with the Bloomberg Business app presented by our sponsor, Interactive Brokers. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update, brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Good morning, Nathan. The NFL with a triple header on Thanksgiving. With the Packers knocking off the Lions in Game 1, 29-22. While the Cowboys dominated the Commanders in Game 2. Opposite stays in the block. That's a late one. Uh, Is six. that Brian? Yep. He's got it. He's streaking down the sideline. He's got Hal to beat. If he does, he's going to break a record, and he did. He slipped through three Commanders defenders, including Sam Hal, and he scores. That is his fifth pick six of the season. That's courtesy of the Cowboys Radio Network. Dallas dominating the Commanders 45-10 in Dallas, while in Game 3 is the 49ers all over the Seattle Seahawks 31-13. Coming up today, kickoff at 3 p.m. Eastern Time at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. It's the New York Jets hosting the Dolphins. New York comes in losers to three straight and has made a quarterback change as Tim Boyle takes over for Zach Wilson. Offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett talking about Boyle. He has a unbelievable knowledge of the system. Uh, he, he has uh, a tenacity when it comes to his preparation. I mean, he non-stop from everything, from every single drawing to every single thing on the game sheet. Uh, he prepares truly like a starter and has since day one. That's courtesy of NYJets.com. In the NBA, more in-season tournament action today. The Knicks are home for the Heat. The Celtics on the road at the Magic. It's the Wizards playing at the Milwaukee Bucks. The Warriors are hosting the San Antonio Spurs. That's your Bloomberg Sports Update. I'm Dan Schwartzman. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. 
Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. We continue to monitor developments in the Middle East where the first pause in fighting between Israel and Hamas in more than six weeks appears to be holding. And it comes after weeks of delicate talks aimed at releasing some of the nearly 240 hostages that Hamas captured in the deadly October 7th attack on Israel. For more, we are joined by Bloomberg's Henry Mayer, who is part of our team of reporters who has been covering this war in the Gaza Strip since it began. Henry, good morning. Get us up to speed on developments thus far, since it does look as though this truce uh, is underway and does appear to be holding. Yes, good morning. Uh, Well, the truce started at about seven o'clock in the morning, local time, and uh, there haven't been any indications uh, of any violations. And, you know, the important uh, next stage is going to be the release of uh, 13 uh, hostages, which are being held in Gaza currently. That is expected at 4 p.m. local time. And on the same day, uh, 39 Palestinian prisoners, uh, all of these are women and um, people aged under the age of 19 children. In the case of the hostages and in the prisons, uh, you're looking at uh, youths uh, aged uh, under 19. So, you know, I can't stress how difficult this process has been to to even get where we are today. It took weeks uh, of uh, very, very difficult diplomacy, secret diplomacy. It broke down um, at certain stages. Uh, But of course, you know, the problem is that it's for four days only. Um, Today has been, you know, for the Gaza residents, 2.1 million of them have been living under daily bombardment for almost seven weeks. Today, they finally came out. uh, They left the shelters. They were able to walk around. Uh, but of course, at the back of their minds is they know that this arrangement may only last for four days, could be extended for up to 10. But we don't know that yet. Before we get to what comes after, we do need to continue to discuss what comes in the midst of this pause. Part of this deal was to get more humanitarian aid into Gaza as well. Have we seen signs of progress there? Yes, we have. Uh, you know, there there are trucks which are entering through uh, the border with Egypt, the Rafah crossing. Uh, we understand from uh, Hamas officials, uh, border officials, they expect 200 trucks to enter Gaza today. This is significantly more uh, than has been allowed into Gaza in recent weeks, but it's still much less than used to come uh, prior to the war, 500 a day. So the amount of aid that Gaza needs, you know, is, is way more than, than, than what is going to be coming in the next few days. But obviously, it's a step in the right direction. And what about the distribution of that aid? Because we've heard reports from the United Nations and other uh, non-governmental organizations in the area that they have suffered through these bombardments over the last several weeks as well. I mean, what's the difficulty in getting aid into and distributed through Gaza when we've seen so much destruction over the last several weeks. Well, obviously, one of the greatest difficulties is the fact that uh, you have an active war zone um, and it's extremely dangerous to to move around. Secondly, uh, there's an acute lack of fuel. So Israel imposed a a complete blockade on fuel deliveries initially. And in the the recent uh, week or so, it has been allowing in very small quantities of fuel to be used only by the United Nations for um, transportation purposes, uh, but the quantities of fuel coming in, the UN says that they're completely uh, inadequate uh, for, for its operations. So yeah, that is something which is still a, a big problem.
In the time we have left, Henry, let's talk about what comes after this pause. We did hear from Israel's prime minister, and we've heard from him several times that he does not want the war to end even after this pause expires. But he is under a lot of pressure, particularly from the United States, to at least change some of the conduct of this war. What can we expect going forward? I mean, I think that the pressure is only going to increase, and it's not only international pressure, and you mentioned the United States, that's very important. At the same time, there's a domestic uh, issue here, the issue of the hostages. So 240 were, were taken into Gaza, until now only a handful have been released. 50 are going to be set free over the next four days. Some of these people are going to be giving interviews they're going to, you know, the public uh, awareness of, of, of the hostages and the kind of conditions in which they are living in Gaza is going to be accentuated. And I think that is going to be something that will weigh very heavily on the Israeli government, probably not sufficient to get them to stop the, the conflict at this stage. But I think we are getting closer to that point. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed by 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm John Tucker. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.